Now, how would you say it then? After the disciple had preached the gospel, here's what Greek did. You do it in the genitive. The participle as well as the subject of the participle are both in the genitive. And, you, and everything else is the same. Let me move this over. <clears throat> now, this is the so-called genitive absolute. And what this is, is a subordinate clause with a participle, with the subject expressed. And both are in the genitive because the subject is not a factor in the main clause. So, the disciple having proclaimed the gospel, the master sent the slave. Now, maybe they were all standing in the same room. See, this is the part my teacher never made clear. Maybe they were all standing in the same room. And when, after he saw this, he sent the slave away. It doesn't have to be so disconnected that there is no conceivable, even mental relationship. It doesn't have to be like this. After icebergs had appeared in the North Atlantic, they held an election in Brazil. You know, it doesn't have to be like that, where things are totally physically disconnected. It just has to be grammatically disconnected. Because you have to realize that Greek has this problem. Now, it's, so to speak, it's got too many endings. See, we can do this in English. It's called, it's, believe it or not, it's called a nominative absolute. We, we have this in English. We say this. The game having been called because of rain, both teams went into the dugout. You can say that in English. And strictly speaking, that's nominative. Nominative absolute. You guys never think of that because since we don't have any obvious inflection, you know, I could tell you it's accusative and it sort of doesn't make any difference. But in an inflected language, you always got to put an ending on something. So that ending actually becomes a problem. I mean, it's kind of like, how many of you play hearts? You know how to play that? Okay. Like in hearts, you got to give away the hearts, you know? Having hearts is not a good idea. You give them away to the other people, all right? Well, the endings in this case are a problem. They got to do something with them. If they put kerixos in the nominative, it'll refer to despotes. If they put kerixanta in the accusative, it'll refer to doulon. So what they do is they concocted this absolute construction, which is subject in the genitive, 
participle in the genitive. And then everything else goes as normal. So, ta euangelion is still an object and it's still in the accusative case. You can still have prepositional phrases and all the rest. Well, you know, I guess they could have, except there are indirect objects in sentences. So this is um, the, the case that would occur the least, naturally. That's the way to say it. Now, here's another thing that's helpful. Most of the time with a genitive absolute. Now, this is by no means all of the time, okay? I don't want to imply that. But I would say most of the time, 80% of the time, the genitive absolute will begin the sentence. And that's a big help because when was the last time you saw a genitive as the first word of a sentence? See, that's not frequent. So if you see a genitive at the beginning of the sentence, it's a sure thing, basically, that you are dealing with a genitive absolute. Now, I do want you to notice one other thing. No one's asked this, but it is an important point. One other thing. The participle is in predicate position, not in attributive position. You're not saying the guy who. You are saying some guy after he had done this, and then there's the main verb. Yes? An indirect? Yeah, he sent the slave to the apostle. Yeah, because see, this is all logical, and the, the, the notion of using a genitive, the apostle of the Lord having done something, is just not something you're going to say. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> no, let me think. I, I'm trying to think of another example of where there is a sort of embarrassment of riches in a way, and, and you've, you've got to in some way use the thing. Oh, so for the, it's a tax thing? Yeah. Um, all right, let's say that's an example. Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, it may be. It may be. It's a better example than the big thing of peas, I'll tell you that. Uh, but the, uh, you know, there are, there are two questions you guys are asking. One is, why the genitive? All right? But then, but that's not really the important question. The important question is to realize that Greek has this problem that it's got a subordinate clause with a subject in it, and that subject isn't in the main clause, and it's got to refer to that subject in some way, and it's got to use an ending, but it's got to watch out, because any ending it uses is going to wind up referring to something in the main clause. 
So it's got to concoct this sort of thing. Now you'll notice uh, it, it's not all the time that the participle comes first when it begins, but I would say that's the usual thing. Usually it's participle subject, not subject participle. Now, not, you know, it, it can occur the other way. But this, the, what I've put up on the board is the way you're likely to see it. Okay? Now, I want to make one other observation before I take your comments. And that is this, or your questions. What I am telling you is a syntactical issue that has nothing to do with tense or voice. Okay? This is not only with the aorist. You can do this with the present. In other words, I could have said this. While the disciple was here. While the disciple was preaching the gospel. See? Now I put the present participle in there, and now you have a different time sequence. So this is that, or I could put a middle voice one in there. This is not a tense or a voice issue at all. And I'm emphasizing this point because some students come away with the impression that you can only do this with the aorist because it occurred in a chapter after we had the aorist. And indeed, in this chapter, we're going to have the morphology of the aorist passive. Some students believe, oh, you can only do this in the aorist passive. No, 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 no. This is a participle characteristic, and I'm giving it to you here now um, because we've had enough morphology that we can do this at, at this point. So uh, let's, let's review what the genitive absolute involves. Number one, it involves a participle in predicate position, predicate position of any tense or voice. Secondly, its subject is not a grammatical factor in the main clause. Okay? It's not a grammatical factor in the main clause. And thirdly, both the participle and the subject will be in the genitive case. Now you'll notice that since it doesn't refer to anything in the main clause, you've got to have a subject expressed. See, in other words, if I were to take 2 mathe 2 out, you wouldn't know who the heck the guy is, who you're talking about. Why? It's not referring to anybody in the main clause. So you've got to actually supply the subject as well. So the GA will have a predicate position participle and a subject, and they're both in the genitive. Now, and, but, and then I should also say the rest of the stuff in the clause is all normal. Objects are objects in the accusative, and indirect objects are in the data. No, no, only adverbial. Well, it's got to be predicate position. Otherwise, it's not a clause. I, I mean, I, I'm sorry. Otherwise, it's not what? Or it's modifying something. If it's adjective. Well, but I mean, if you did this, if you put a two there, you, ha you would have the, the disciple who had preached the gospel. Yeah. See? You know, yeah, you're not going to have. It's adjectival. And you're not going to do anything with the subject at that point. That, though this is very important. The participle will be in predicate position. 
All right, now, what's the score that Bobby has at the present time? He's up by three. He's up by three. 1960. All right, three questions, Bobby. Three. Three. <laughs> They're all true or false. Okay. The genitive absolute always has the participle in the genitive. True. The genitive absolute always has the subject in the genitive. True. True. The genitive absolute always has the subject expressed. The guy's right. He's right every time. There are a couple of very rare examples in which the subject is not expressed because it's so obvious from the context. But, but for purposes, and this is, this is all you people are interested in, for purposes of testing, they don't show up that way. All right? So, I mean, I know you're not interested in the Word of God, but in passing the test. All right? So... <laughs> Uh, pretty much, huh? Very good. Very good. Yeah. Well, see, now, see, now, now he, was, he was thinking very well here. There are certain things that are kind of absolutely necessary just by the way I describe that, and then certain other things where you kind of get away with something. That's exactly right. Very good. Very good. Yeah. No, no, it'd be like this. You have Jesus doing something, Jesus doing something, people coming to Jesus, Jesus healing them. Then all of a sudden, if it might say, having gone away, the disciples now did something. Well, it can only be Jesus. See, because in the whole context of the previous sentences, he's the guy acting. And if all of a sudden at that point you had apelfuntus, funtus, there's nobody else in the whole paragraph that could have gone away, see? And then, and then it, it would have gone on, the disciples followed. See, you know, this is interesting. If you have a sentence like this, after Jesus had gone away, the disciples began to follow. This is what mixed me up with that ablative absolute. You know, I was thinking, well, surely, I mean, isn't the idea that they were following him yeah, but the critical thing is, him isn't expressed. See? Him is not expressed. So uh, it is the fact that stuff is grammatically not represented in the main clause, that's not mentally. So if you'll all open your books, please, to page um, 152. At the exercise D1, at the bottom of the page, we have some English sentences, and the question is, if you were putting these into Greek, and we're not going to do that, but if you were, uh, would these be a GA, a genitive absolute, or not? After half of them had come, we started to leave. Yes. See, half of them is not we. While we were watching, the ball sailed over the fence. Now, see, there's the kind of sentence that had confused me. 
while we were watching, and presumably we were seeing the ball. But none of that occurs. See, we is not, it doesn't say the ball sailed over the fence to us or something like that. Next, while he was preaching, Jesus retied his sandal. No, logically no, unless it's a different guy. I saw the brothers, even though the soldier was present. Yes, now look at there. That one, I put the G-A at the end of the sentence, and every once in a while you will find that. I was looking at Jesus even though he had told me not to do so. No. Because the course is crowded, we will not be able to go. Yes, because I didn't say on it. All right. After he had finished preaching, Jesus got into a boat. No, and my favorite one, H, while the disciples were inspecting their new oars, Jesus made another bench. <laughs> yes, yes. All right? Right. Yeah. So a way to think of this then is, in a practical sense, the uh, participle doesn't have anything to look to in the sentence to determine its case. Exactly. Yeah. It has nothing to look to in the sentence to determine its case. Exactly right. So this preaching, yeah, I mean, what? What would you be looking at? Exactly, yeah. I mean, it's kind of an interesting problem that an inflected language has that a non-inflected language does not have. Guy. Is there an example of a sense that, that has an advantage in any with one of these entities? Uh, no, but there is an example in 2 Peter 1 where a genitive absolute is in the middle of a sentence, and you could have thought of it as pop possibly like possessive or something. Now, it doesn't actually work out, but your first run through, you're a little bit surprised. But uh, yeah, I mean, there is a potential ambiguity, let's say, <laughs> but not actually. So do we treat these genitives as if they're possessive? No, okay. no. They're just the ending stripped of its meaning. Yes, yes, yes. And you know what? I should, I've got a paragraph for you. Uh, well, take a look at pages 149 and 150. The genitive absolute uh, <clears throat> comes first. And there's a nice explanation there that's a little bit different than I, I did today. But I, you notice I have referent under 2A. On the next page, I have time, time relationship. And I should have, and I want to add that into any new addition. I should have a paragraph C there before, uh, before B, small c. Uh, and that is that I should simply say that the issues of the force of the participle remain the same. It's predicate position, right? So it could be if it's present while, or if it's aorist after, or because, or although. All those same forces are, are the same. This is purely a referent issue. Rob, to go back to your thing about referring. It's purely a referent issue. That's all this is. It's all it is. But that's kind of significant. And by the way, GAs are pretty darn common. I mean, this is not a rare construction by any means. Yes, I was wondering who I had told that to. Okay, chapter 20. Let's do that. One of the exercises, which is it? J1G, yes. Ah, uh, yes. Wait, let's let everybody get there. Now watch this. Here's, I had asked Joel to bring this up for this reason. 
his translation had done a genitive absolute. All right, let's hear your translation. Yeah. Yes, because the gospel was no longer being preached. Gospel now is the subject of that. Go on. See, right. The Sanhedrin ordered the four disciples to be released because the gospel was no longer being preached. You'd have to put that as a GA. So if you take a look at, just look at your Greek there, this is the way it would have been. What, this is what you translated. See, like this. The gospel no longer being preached, the Sanhedrin did this. Right. That was a GA translation. Most of the time, participle will be the first word. Yeah. So, so would, if they wanted to say that, would they put perusomino before? Meketi? No, 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 because adverbs precede the verbs. Okay, so words like meketi and... Yeah, yeah, right, right, little things like that, right. Right. And, and it is possible to see two oyangeleu first. It is possible to see the noun first. But what I would like to give you as a, uh, as a key is, if you see a genitive at the beginning of the sentence, this is a dead giveaway. You've got a GA coming. Right. 